And welcome to the show. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato here at the Hayes FM, and the show is the Condo Expert. You know, I take a look at all of the different interesting things that are going on right now, and wow, we are overloaded. We've got Metrolinks happening. We've got them wondering and scurrying around as to where they're going to get the funding. Municipalities are trying to take a look at different avenues to hit us with more taxes, and we're looking at a tremendous price tag. The issue of casinos just got thrown out in the downtown Toronto core. Transportation gridlock is at the forefront. Now I understand that today there's actually going to be a huge coverage with respect to condominiums and short-term rentals. Now doesn't that one sound familiar? And you heard it here on the condo expert, because if you go back to some of my podcasting, you will find that numerous times I've put on the table the problem with the short-term rentals and how it creates an unsafe environment for condominiums. And when condo owners feel that they're spending all this money to have security and protection and safety and records and management office as to who's living in the building and who's registered, lo and behold, we have the worldwide internet advertising dozens and dozens of companies, individual people who are now making their units available for a few days three days, four days, six days, eight days. Now, I don't know absolutely positive yet, but I do understand that it is highly possible that the city of New York has now banned short-term rentals in condominiums. And I would have to guess that the reasons behind that is strictly because of what I've just mentioned. I mean, you know, a condominium is a home. It's not a hotel. I don't know what the government was thinking when back in 2003, they agreed on legislative changes that would allow a builder to include transient rentals in a condo declaration. And as long as it's included in the declaration, it would be acceptable and deemed available to anyone that owns in that building. So I think, you know, maybe what, in, you know, we have to have our own investigation here in the province of Ontario and take a look at the pros and cons. And I can almost guarantee you that the cons are a lot higher than the pros because the pros are not geared towards home ownership. They're geared towards short-term rentals for profit and they're geared to filling a building and even if that building has 10% or 20% or 30%, it is not the way that it should be. People should not be taking their units and allowing different parties to rent them for two days here and five days there. A group of guys want to come down for the weekend, party downtown, rather than getting into a hotel. Now they're going to use a condominium. What is that? It's certainly not what people expected when they bought a condominium. So we'll have to stay tuned to that one because it's going to hit hard. 
And it certainly is a topic that I've put on the table at the Condo Act Review in the Ministry of Consumer Services because it is a concern. And even if it's a short-term rental or a sweet company, for instance, okay, these companies, if they don't find a tenant to satisfy the contract, they still have to pay the money because they have an obligation of the contract. So that means they would have to subcontract their agreement to another company who most likely can subcontract to another company. So at the end of the day, which company was it that actually has the tenant in the building and oversees what's going on with that particular tenant? So, you know, it's turned into a business and probably a a very lucrative business. And the question is, at whose expense? So please stay tuned. And if you hear more on this, email linda at lindapinazzato.com. So L-I-N-D-A Pinazzato, P-I-N-I-Z-Z-O-T-T-O.com. So we'll move forward on the topic I was looking at talking about today. Smoking. Smoking in homes reduces property values, reduces condominium values, creates a different environment within a condominium, and it no doubt affects the common elements of the building. There's been a lot of different surveys that have identified that homes that are occupied by very heavy smokers will affect the sale price. Now, you know, last year, an elderly woman called me in and I was supposed to go up to, or actually did go up to a condominium apartment up near the Bramley City Centre. And when I walked in, oh my God, speaking from a non-smoker. Now, I'm not a non-smoker in the sense where, you know, did I ever smoke? No, I'm really not into it. But I don't have a problem with people if they want to smoke. That's their choice. It's their life. However, having said that, when I walked into this condominium apartment, I was floored. The walls were no longer white. They were like smoke-tainted. The stickiness on the carpeting, the residue was awful. I went to take my shoes off and I, oh my God, I just, I looked down and I thought, okay, that's not happening. I had to put them down immediately. This woman was in her early eighties and she smoked admittedly a pack and a half to two packs a day. And most of the time she did that in the condo. The doors The colonial doors, which you see are generally white, even when you buy them at Home Depot, they're white. Well, these ones were the same. The entire unit would have to be completely disinfected. And, you know, you couldn't even paint on that surface. I mean, you literally would have to go out and get that kind of, there's a certain type of paint that you would buy if you want to cover crayons and you know anything with a wax kind of finishing or, or maybe, you know, some type of primers you would have to go to that route through the entire unit before you could possibly bring it back to a half-decent state where you could actually live in there. But having said that, the ceiling was a popcorn ceiling, you know, the stipple ceiling. So I don't know how you're going to be able to get that out of there. It almost got to a point where you you may have to scrape it all out and maybe respray it. Because I think that if you had to put one or two or three coats of paint cosmetically, it would be an absolute mess. Now, you know, getting away from the paint, of course, you know, the unit was not tidy. It wasn't very clean. And it was a very, very difficult property to sell. You would have to 
certainly drop the price in order to accommodate the problem and the problem being the condition. The unfortunate part is, you know, there was a lot of space. It had a lot of space. It had good exposure. It was on a higher floor. But with these kind of negative impacts with respect to the condition and certainly the smoke, it's really unfortunate because the way the real estate market works, and as I've mentioned before, I've been a realtor since 1979, and I've seen it all. I mean, you know, over the years, it was only a few years back where smoking was banned in corporate offices and actually was also banned in nightclubs and restaurants and so on. And obviously, you know, it was deemed medically unsafe with secondhand smoke to be traveling around and affect other people. Because if that wasn't the case, why was it banned? And why do we have non-smoking conditions in the majority of venues and, you know, facilities, amenities, and, you know, commercial buildings and so on and so on out there, plazas, shopping centers, buses, but not condominiums. Now, you know, I get it. If people own their own single family home, they want to go in, they want to smoke until their heart's content. They affect themselves. It's their home. It's detached. Even the semis have a concrete wall between the two, but they don't share venting systems. They don't share fan coils and return air vents. They don't share common elements and hallways and elevators. So why on earth, when the no smoking rules came down, would our government not step forward and recognize that there's a whole other issue out there which relates to condominiums. If you yourself buy a condominium, and you know, not only that, you have to think of health issues. There are people that are seriously allergic to smoke. So what do they do if they live or buy a unit next door to a chain smoker? As I mentioned, the fan coil units are shared through the building. You have an individual one inside your unit, granted, but it's all in the main system. So, you know, getting rid of foul odors through any kind of a, a multi-residential condo complex is not a cheap situation. It's not inexpensive. It's downright expensive. You know, I had a conversation with a gentleman. He was telling me that in the clubs, in the nightclubs, they actually had to come because they couldn't get the residue out of the flooring. It was that difficult because the amount of smoke that was in the room you know, and as you realize, I mean, you know, most nightclubs, the lighting is dimmed. So if you see it in the evening <laughs> and, you know, with special effects and lighting, it doesn't look too bad. It actually looks quite entertaining. But honestly, I would say to you, go back in the daytime. And in the daytime, you're going to see the wear and tear effects of dancing and so on. Like for instance, you know, scratches on the flooring. I've seen like nice hardwood floors and stuff. You'll see scratches. I will guarantee you that during the time that smoking was available in nightclubs, you could go back in the daytime to those clubs and you would see those effects. So is it costly? Absolutely. You know, the Ontario real estate agents, you know, we look at a number of different items, you know, and we try to determine through survey processes of how things could actually damage value in properties. 
And I know that there was quotes that had suggested up to 30%. I think it really depends on, on how bad the whole situation is. But there was a survey that was sponsored by Pfeiffer Canada. And beside the obvious damages, you know, which is what we talked about, you know, the staining of carpets and the walls, the smell is one of the key things. And it is ridiculously hard to eliminate. And the biggest problem is, is it's not self-contained. It can't be self-contained because the complex is not self-contained. I know even in a lease, for instance, if I was to lease a property to someone and all the time I put a comment in the lease stating that the tenant agrees that they are a non-smoker and that they will ensure that there is no smoking by any guests that come in the unit. Now, you know, it's funny because if there's any damage to the unit and they are as a result of a tenant smoking and that clause has been put in the lease, then that tenant is liable. So, you know, when they sign that lease and if they decide that they're not going to adhere to the lease, there could be ramifications as far as costs or, or a potential claim for eviction. Because again, you know, it's a measure of trying to protect the safe investment of a person's property. But people that smoke, you know, and they have the joy of smoking, they don't look at whether or not they should be protecting their investment because as far as they're concerned, it's a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle that they have chosen. What they're not thinking about is, is how much it hurts their neighbors, whether it's the people above them, beside them, below them and how much damage that they're putting into the building. So, you know, so it is definitely something to think about. And with all of these changes going on right now in the Condo Act, there's no question that this kind of issue needs to be brought to the attention and proper mandatory changes need to be made. Now, I know that there's a non-smokers rights association And generally what they do is they also carry on different types of studies and, you know, and they will determine, say, for instance, an average cost that it may be for someone to actually clean up a a very, you know, smoke infested condominium apartment unit. And I think too, you know, maybe it's a good idea to take a look at, you know, Canadian fire marshals comments and what the actual percentage, maybe a study needs to be done on how much fire safety is at risk. Because I mean, these condominium insurance policies are getting higher and higher and the deductibles are getting higher and higher. So maybe this is the right time for the province to come in and undertake some kind of research to get statistics on how many fires are started because of cigarette smoking, in particularly in condominium units. Because again, it's not just affecting one unit. So, you know, if we talk about, and and then too, I mean, you know, I know that there's an, an issue all the time with regards to pets, and I know that there's restrictions in condominium buildings, and I know that, you know, some people, in particular people that are not pet owners or people that favor pets in their lives, you know, that can be an issue. But, you know, pets are not, you know, as far as looking after pets and maybe where they're doing their business around the facility, around the condominium, you know, it would be decided that there should be an open space area for the pets and they can mandate 
different restrictions on the size of the pets, but there hasn't been any health reports out there that have suggested that there's any problems other than the fact that you may not like pets. It's not a hazard. Smoking is a hazard, and it's been proven to be a hazard time and time again, even to the point of the smoking cartons suggesting exactly how dangerous it is to be smoking. But again, it's a choice. And I'm not telling you don't smoke. I'm not telling you how to run your life. I'm just basically providing the information and showing how it actually can cause a negative value to your property and certainly to the condominium amenities throughout the building. And what does an owner do? If an owner feels that they have a smoking problem in their unit because of an adjoining unit, what do they do? We've had reports continuously from owners who are so frustrated, they've notified the board of directors and the board of directors have done absolutely nothing. But in fairness to the board, how can they stop someone from smoking in their unit when there is no guidelines? Now, there is a a section in most condominium declarations documents that states an owner's safe enjoyment of their home. So now if you talk about a safe enjoyment of their home, I guess you could really take, there could be a gray area there where you'd consider that, you know, smoking is not compliance to being safe, a safe enjoyment. So I think that gray area could maybe give the grounds. But again, it's going to be a a mediation type of dispute resolution. I don't believe that a board of directors at this particular time would have the power to knock on someone's door and or send them a registered letter to inform that owner or the tenant that could be in that unit, even though the tenant has it in their lease that they should not be smoking. It's possible they may be. And then the problem is, is how does the owner find out? The only will, owner will only find out if they are taking the time to go and investigate the unit. So there is a little bit of a remedy there for tenants, but what remedy is there for owners that are smoking in these units? You know, there's a lot of restoration companies out there, such as, you know, Winmar in particular, Winmar Disaster Restoration. I've worked with them in the past, and they're an excellent company. And, you know, there's so many different environmental solutions that can be offered. I mean, they have all sorts of type of cleaning devices to release the smell, especially, you know, anything that I know that household products such as vinegar, you know, that might help uh, minor problems in and around, or maybe baking soda might be another one. I know a lot of people take baking soda and they put it inside their fridges and so on. But, you know, again, I mean, if a condo corporation was to move forward and hire a company like Winmar, that would cost money. And that generally is not money that should be budgeted for because it's not the normal standard operations of a condominium building. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this situation. So please stay tuned. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato, uh, the condo expert. Linda Pinizzato, whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, When you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. 
And thank you so much for joining me. You know, today has been just a fascinating time of learning so much of what's going on out there. And that's what the condo expert is all about. I'll hit so many different issues. You'll notice them on iTunes and on podcast. Reporting here from the Hayes FN, you have been listening to Linda Pinizzato of the condo expert. Now, Also, remember, register yourself if you're a condo owner or condo buyer. Register at www.coaontario.com. And also, if you've got questions, whether they're real estate related or condominium or property values, this and that, you know, I wouldn't have the uh, information I have had I not had the experience that I've received. And I certainly wouldn't have been able to start the Condo Owners Association without having this kind of a background. So contact me at Linda. Pinizzato, P-I-N-I-Z-Z-O-T-T-O at C-O-A-Ontario.com or Linda at LindaPenizzato.com. Until the next time, have a fantastic day and thank you so much for tuning in. Oh, my computer crashed. Oh no, I've got a virus. Oh, no way, no internet connection. Do you need help? Call IT Mayday. 647-977-7113. ITMayday.com